hosting the Two Blokes Talking Tech, proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. I just think technology is awesome. Good advice for anyone who is looking for a laptop. For the latest news and information about technology. Now that, that's the guy. <laughs> it's so hard to take a bad photo now with these cameras. I really? think that stuff is just brilliant. It is something that people really need to look at. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Haven't we got the best jobs in the world? We have. <laughs> we absolutely have the best job. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. I love talking technology. And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Do you really need a 10 megapixel camera to take those images? I'd say not. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Embrace those little ideas there. Have a look around and, and ask questions. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech live from Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show CES 2012. Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Welcome. Hello, Trevor. This is uh, very good to be here with you in Las Vegas for this massive show. Um, we're actually in your palatial room here. I don't think mm. my room's quite as big as this one. Fair dinkum. Looking over the, the strip. Yes. No, I lie. My room's exactly the same. I your think, room's I've got massive. A sweat, I've got, got a suite. <laughs> yeah, so this is Two Blokes Talking CES, and we might, we'll might we do several uh, podcasts this week chatting about all the different things we see at CES, and it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear and Trend Micro, and we'll tell you more about those guys as the show goes on. I mean, I don't think there's ever going to be a CES where where TVs aren't probably the biggest thing yeah. around, not only in size, but in terms of the news value of them. This has been a really interesting show for me. Obviously, I'm on debut. You've, you're at not number nine, I think, CESs. Number eight, actually, Trevor. Oh, okay, fair enough. I'm, well, <laughs> not as many as I thought then. That's good. But it, I expected a lot more from TVs. I expected a lot more in smart TV. And what was interesting to me today was looking at Sony, and really, Sony don't have any TV announcements which mm-hmm. is very interesting to me. So I actually wonder whether whether we, we anticipated too much from TV here, here this week, and, and and it's been a bit disappointing. Well, I think, yeah, you're right, TV is the focus. Uh, I think years gone by, it's been a bit of a contest between the companies, I've got this, we've got this, 3D, full HD, the whole gamut. Uh, I think, though, the technologies come a certain way, and they've, they can do so much. I think, though, that w- what we've seen is the TV being used in a different way. Obviously, they're all full HD. They've got great picture quality, connectivity. But I think the way we're using the TV in the home and, and how it uh, we can interact with it, I think, is the big thing here. You made a really important point to me yesterday that is it a question that TV might have peaked? Yeah, I, I asked. So we were sitting, well, I think we were in the, was it the Panasonic press conference, which we'll <laughs> we discuss had a lot later. Of, yes, we had a lot the, of time uh, to think. We, we, we were sort of wondering about that and, and the, the fact that there weren't so much speeds and feeds, sort of that sort of spec-filled uh, mm. information. It was more about the whole, the bigger picture. And mm. I did actually make that statement. I said, well, you know, they've probably done as much as they can do on, the, yeah. on these TVs. So, we, which sort of led us to the whole, the other companies um, talking about, you know, eco solutions and mm. the connectivity in the home. But I think to sort of moving on to sort of what uh, what I saw, my impression the first yep. uh, of press day was the the TVs are now going to be more voice controlled and gesture controlled. That yep. that was the thing that that stuck out for They're me. All doing all it. doing it. Um, so the, having your, your hand on the remote uh, is could be in as little as a couple of years a thing of the past, which is interesting to think about. But in reality. I mean, is that is it that big a deal? That's what that's what I'm thinking. I'm sitting here yeah. thinking, do I really want to? I don't know. I'm looking at this TV in front of us here, which is off. I mean, what am I going to wave vigorously to get it to turn on? <laughs> and then you know, you've got to make sure there's I no. I know one. you don't like to exercise, Trevor. Is that too much for you? <laughs> this is getting extreme. Well, yeah. I, I just look. I've seen it. I saw a lot of it today. Yeah. Um, it's not impressive yet. It's 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 it's, it's, it's impressive as a technology, but it's gimmicky. It's a bit of a gimmick, and it's new. Whereas if you look at 
Xbox Connect, when it first came out, yeah. it was impressive, it was, was it yeah. not? And so I think this is the problem is these companies are playing a bit of catch-up. Yeah. That they've Everyone's seen Connect. There, there's so many Connect, I would call them, devices out yeah. there today that it is there staggering. Were. Now, the, the best gesture control I saw today, and I, I will admit I didn't get a good look at the Samsung one, but no. the LG. Um, we were, I was playing Fruit Ninja on an LG TV yeah, without an Xbox. I love that game too. I, was, I bloody love I that game. I lined up to play it. I didn't get a chance. My son pl- and I play that all the time on the Xbox and, and I wonder whether that is a fantastic uh, improvement. And the little yeah. the little camera unit does look like the Kinect. So it I think LG exactly did a good like job the there. And it's interesting to yeah. watch a person, you know, sweep through the menus and, and claps, yeah. clasp your fist to, well, to click and stuff that. like that. I did that in the in the Samsung booth. I, I lined up to to uh, have a look at their gesture, voice, and face recognition Samsung have. Yeah. Big difference with the Samsung panels, though, is that the camera is built into the TV. Yes. At the top of the television. Yes. The LG, you need a, a separate accessory. You may not know this off the top of your head, but it's 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 across a lot of the range is that oh, yeah. camera built series in. Series 7, Series 8 have all got it. Yeah. yeah. So that, that'll Samsung give you the range. Skype as well as this It stuff. will. But uh, I try their gesture control and it was funny because we were in there with a group of journalists uh, including Robert Penfold from Channel 9 and I was in there just just observing and the, the lady from Samsung who was demonstrating the gesture control um, she was trying to wave her hand to make to, to move the mouse on the web browser mm. and she didn't couldn't get it to work so she said yeah, anyone else want to have a go? And I've stepped in and, I don't know, I must have a, a, a camera-friendly palm. Yeah. And it was working. So there's the Channel 9 guys filming me on the, using the browser and, uh, and also talking to her. That was impressive when she said, T- hello, TV, and then the menu sort of, came up from came the bottom up, of the yeah. screen and she said channel 1031 and it t- changed the channel. And I think not to get people too excited about gesture controls, but it is very early. Yeah. I mean, the LG guy, um, there was some dude who was probably the bloke that owns the TV essentially, wouldn't let another LG person use the TV when I was protective. there. Yeah, I saw that too. Very yeah. protective. Yeah. And and so for them to be that, and that's fair enough because they don't want people seeing yeah, it I not working. I think it's working. an early version that, too. Yeah. What they don't want is a big show like this is people seeing it not working. Yeah, exactly. So they want yeah. to be very careful about that. Absolutely. So gesture and voice control as well predicted by techguide.com.au and Superlux Talking Tech voice control is a big thing in 2012 the other big uh, the next big thing uh, I I saw we would have all seen is connectivity now this to me was the big thing Sony was was pushing um, and and all of them uh, in terms of all of your your devices working together now if if you look at Samsung the the Galaxy S2 they've got all the phones they've got tablets they've got everything looking at all those devices working together Mm -hmm. Sony the same thing you've got tablets you've got PCs you've got everything so they're looking at trying to work everything together so that you really are uniform in your approach to your content whether it's yep. live content or on-demand content across your home. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason why we didn't see all the our TVs better than your TV press yeah. conferences yesterday because I think Sony Sony hit the nail on the head with their they had they had um, Kaz Harai was on stage and he said look it's not about giving you the best product it's about giving you the best experience. Yeah. And I think that, that you know, a company like Sony who produces content and creates all these different devices, just like Samsung, Samsung's theme was pushing the boundaries mm. was the theme. And they said that to do this, things got to be made easier. You've got to be able to share things easier. Uh, and they've got some great connectivity solutions in the home. Samsung got a thing called Family Photo, or I think Family Album, where you can share your content to the TV. And if you've got an account set up, if you've got a Samsung tablet or a phone, you can also share that to the people on their phones as well. So it's it's a it's another way to communicate with your family. So mm. you, you, you've got a little mini community in your home that yep. if you leave the home, it's also you can also stay in contact. Um, but it, it, 
the camera range also doesn't. What I really liked during the Samsung demo was the fact that their Wi-Fi cameras now very photo uh, stream Apple-like, where you can send your photos yes. to all your other devices. But yep. I really it was a very quirky feature. Not quirky. It's very good feature where you can use a smartphone or a tablet as a remote viewfinder for your digital oh, camera. Oh, yeah, no, Wasn't that's that very cool. So you can set up the digital camera and you can see what the camera's seeing in your smartphone, zoom in and out, and yep. then hit the timer and be ready. Exactly. And the, and the, very clever. And the best, that's, sort of, that's a good example of it. The visual example of that is a family photo, camera sitting over on a bench. You, you think you've lined it up, but there's your phone checking that it's lined Wireless up, maybe connected. doing an adjustment and, and setting the timer to snap that's away. It's very cool. Very smart. Um, I think Sony... Um, Sony did. I think Samsung and Sony definitely lead the way in that mm-hmm. that, that interoperability of devices. Um, Sony have some really hot products there. That little foldable tablet is a sweet yeah, little the unit. Tablet P. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice little unit. I, I yeah. mean, Howard Stringer. I call that the sorry, DS for adults. Sorry, your mate. <laughs> he should. He's, he's normally referred to as Sir Howard Stringer. Sir but he's Howard. actually He's actually Stephen Phoenix mate. That's Howard right. He's Stringer. my friend. Well, let's explain. To cut mm. a long story short, I interviewed. I had the only Australian interview with Howard Sir Howard Stringer back in April 2010, mm-hmm. and uh, he. I just happened to be walking out of the Bellagio, uh, and Sir Howard was walking the other way, and I thought I'm going to say hello to this. Bailed guy. him up, and I said, Sir Howard, it's Stephen Phoenix. I interviewed you in Australia about 80 minutes said yeah how you going mate and kept walking he probably walked off thinking who the hell's this lunatic <laughs> but anyway but no he he uh, he and uh, Kaz Harai they hosted the press conference but he, he mentioned and the thing about that tablet he mentioned to me it's the first tablet you can fold up and put in your pocket which yes. is a really interesting concept yeah. in terms of do people really want that but because it's a bit tall you wouldn't really put it in your pocket but yeah, it's very um, long. I, yeah, I think Sony and Samsung really did well Absolutely. there, there but, today uh, I think uh, one other thing too we, we and we mentioned it's, it's very heavily focused on TVs one new thing we did see though is a new type of TV. We know we all know LED, plasma, LCD, yeah. but now we've seen OLED, which is short for organic light emitting diode. Now the to quick explanation, OLED is a material, an, uh, an organic material that produces its own light once mm. you pass a current through it. Now. What's the benefit of that? You don't need a separate backlight. So the result is a really, really thin it's TV. It's ridiculous. LG's TV, four millimeters. That's not the bevel, bezel, no, whatever it's called. That's it's, the actual that's the thickness TV. of the TV. Although we've got to qualify, it is the screen. All the smarts of the TV, in other words, your inputs are in the stand. Yes. So, But it's still very impressive. It's thinner than a pen. It's thinner than your smartphone, mm. this 55-inch OLED. Samsung got a super OLED, which I think is about 8 or 9 millimeters. I didn't state a, a thickness because I think it was higher than an LG's. Mm. Interesting, and then I was on the, on the bus on the way back from the... Sony press conference yesterday here to, to the hotel, and I overheard a person who I believe is a quite well-respected home theatre expert talking about how Sony didn't do anything. You know, sorry, how Sony announced Crystal LED, which was their their yes, big thing. That's their version. And they of said, OLED, yeah. and, and they said that was their version. But but Howard Stringer clearly said that that's th- something they're working on as well as OLED. Yes. Okay, because Sony were the first to bring OLED out. They did that little twenty-inch one a few years ago. So Sony have got got their eggs in a few baskets. It was very expensive though. And and frankly, this Crystal. LED and OLED is just going to confuse the living daylights out of um, out of consumers. Yeah, but I think no. The the, the thing with OLED is um, is the 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 cost of it. Oh yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Sony had a I think two thousand eight CES. They were, that was the hot product that um, was on display. Yeah. But it yeah. cost the it was a, it was an eleven inch device, an mm. eleven inch screen, cost the same as a fifty inch plasma at the time. So yeah. one while OLED's great and looks amazing, the contrast, the blacks on it, I've never seen a blacker black no, on a TV. It's stunning. Picture quality is amazing. But how much is it going to cost? Now mm. we're talking 
10,000, 15,000? I, I, I would hope they're going to be sub 20,000. Oh, definitely sub 20,000. There's no way. I'm hoping sub 10,000. Mate, I can't imagine they're going to be um, less than 10,000. When you look yeah. at what it is and the technology that it is, frankly, just to just to leverage some some margin out of the industry, out of the consumers, I think they're going to have to. So mm-hmm. so there was the OLED. And the other one, which, again, uh, I, this is my big worry with OLED and the mm-hmm. next thing we'll talk about is the consumer. It was confusing three and four years ago, full HD versus HD. Yep. All right, we, we've knocked that out of people there's no more there's not many hd tv sold they're mainly full hd and now we're going to add another one to the layer <laughs> which some people are calling ultra hd other people are calling 4k but it's essentially double uh, or quadruple, quadruple high defini- definition so if you put four hd tv side by side and up on top of each other yep. that's the that's number of pixels that yeah. you're fitting into the same size screen yeah about 4k like lg referred to it as ultra definition other companies refer to it as 4k yep. it's basically ultra ultra sharp TV now. There's not a lot of content 4K at it's the moment. Beautiful. It looks amazing. Oh. But in LG's case, they're going to use it to use their passive system. You know, we all know that the passive system of their existing set cuts it in half, so the resolution. Yeah, so, so when you're watching 3D, so you'll actually get 3D it's 540 lines. Yeah, now you'll get 1080 lines per eye. So that's proper full HD. Now, uh, I was on the Samsung stand today, looked at their 70-inch 4K, and at the moment, Sony are also big players in the 4K arena, especially in, in cinemas, 4K mm. projectors in cinemas. Yes. And I was talking to uh, Phil Newton from Samsung today, their audiovisual uh, boss over there, and he was saying that they, within two years, cinemas will be releasing the 4K print or the 4K version that's shown in the theatres mm. on these 4K projectors into the home. So in a couple of years' time, there may yeah. be a format that'll be suitable to watch on these on these massive TVs. Look, I think it's I think it's exciting. I think we need to remember that these 4Ks and these big things are probably for the home theater geek uh, heavily like, like for the me. next few years, which is fine. <laughs> I I saw you eyeing off the Sony 4K projector oh, very heavily as it was announced. Still my beating heart. So, yes. Um, <laughs> look, I think in, in summary with TVs, a bit flat my my opinion a bit yeah, flat in terms of what pun? we got. They're very flat and hard, I think. <laughs> the flat TVs were a very <laughs> flat announcement. So, not not as exciting. I I'm, I'm very disappointed disappointed about the, the lack of smart TV enhancements. Uh, I think there's yeah. a bit of Google TV stuff going on, which is good, and Sony um, confirmed to me today that the Google TV um, box add-on that they've got will come to Australia. Will come, okay, cool. Um, so there, there is some good things yeah. coming. I think of the content too, we've got to remember content's another big thing. That yeah. we, we, but the TV being able to access the content that we want is also another thing, the connectivity, but uh, the problem is here, though, you probably noticed this already, the, all the content we see is very US-specific, yeah. so it's hard to get a gauge how that's going to be for Australia. It is. Hopefully, it'll be uh, a lot. You know, it'll improve. TVs and CES. You can read a whole stack about that at TechGuide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Two Blokes Talking Tech is brought to you by Netgear and Trend Micro. Now, Trend Micro have mobile security personal edition for Android. Let's face it, our smartphones are now the new frontier for cyber criminals. That's why Trend Micro has responded to this with a new mobile security personal edition for your Android smartphone. Now, the app actually, the app scanner feature on this on this new program scans each app that you download and keeps and stays up to date with Trend Micro's expanding database so that it blocks any kind of malware from infecting your smartphone. So you can surf, call, and text securely, and it'll keep you and your kids safe online so you can avoid those unwanted contacts as well by blocking numbers and filtering out those annoying calls. Very important we stay safe even using our smartphones. Mobile Security Personal Edition for Android is available now at Harvey Norman, Dick Smith, 
Officeworks, JB Hi-Fi, Leading Edge Computers, and all other authorised resellers. For more information, visit trendmicro.com.au. Now, the other big one, I think if there's two big stories or big products or concepts out of CES, apart from all the wonderful little things, um, the, the second one from TVs to me is Ultrabooks. Now, yes. we've, we've heard about these for a while, but Intel made a big deal in, in their press conference uh, on Monday um, to talk about what was happening with, with Ultrabooks, and they have a lot of Ultrabooks on their stand here. Um, I, I'm actually quite impressed with some of these devices, mm. and again, well, I'm happy to harp back to the fact that these things are born out of the MacBook Air. The yes. MacBook Air is a beautiful device. Yep. It's extremely popular with people who get into it, and that is why PC makers went. Hang on a minute, we're being screwed with tablets being so popular, which has killed netbooks. Yep. We're being we're, we're being screwed by Apple being so popular and and cost effective in their mm-hmm. in their in their ultrabook, the MacBook Air. So what's happened here is Intel have put a whole stack of money behind the the, the production of ultrabooks. Not only um, the chipsets required, but also in getting the the technology to bring the the, the thickness of every component yeah. down. And so you've got Lenovo. Asus, HP, all these different companies yeah, the making Ultrabooks. Now, they're quite impressive, mate. They are. I think uh, Intel are definitely pulling the right rein there. Uh, what, what I'm impressed with is the fact that there's uh, they're making their processors so that it's obviously suitable to the Ultrabook format. Now, being thin and light means everything's a lot smaller. The battery, including the battery, so their their processes are going to be uh, to optimize yep. the battery life uh, to keep because Ultrabooks. Let's face it, it's, I think you're going to struggle by the end of the year to find a laptop with a with a DVD and CD drive yeah. in it. The yeah. move is away from that now, which is funny, mate. I've got a Lenovo X1 here, and it's it's not an Ultrabook. It's, it's a reasonable size mm-hmm. thing. It doesn't have a CD drive either. I only found yeah. out a couple of days ago, and I just went on. Oh. and <laughs> I, just I went, haven't oh, noticed. Doesn't yeah. really matter. Right. Yeah, well, and I just downloaded what I wanted. Just, uh, it just goes to show though how we're moving away from that. I think uh, that the Ultrabook, like you said, led by the MacBook Air. Um, I, I quite like the, the different interfaces that they're going to mm. bring on, like a, an actual touch screen touch on your screen. Ultrabook and a separate little little screen on the outside of the of the laptop, yeah, so you can actually interact with it um, while the lid's shut. That's interesting. N- too. Nikiski or something they they call it Intel. It's just a concept from Intel, but to try and paint the picture for you, imagine the laptop in front of you, the the the. Part of the bottom of the laptop near the keyboard where your palms would rest is clear. It's transparent, but it's touch-sensitive. So you can use it as a touchpad entirely Mm -hmm. with your fingers. But when you shut the laptop and you look at it from underneath, you can see through that transparent thing. And because Windows 8 has this kind of offline shutdown mode, which has tiles showing up, which is made for tablets and, and other devices with a front screen... They're using that screen to show notifications and do very basic things like accept menu requests. It's a really interesting kind of hybrid concept. It's yeah. a fair way off, no doubt. But I yeah. think in the end, what, what, what became clear to me for, about Ultrabooks is that they're here to stay. Yeah. They are the, it is the word of 2012 because Intel are going to put millions behind the marketing Again, of it. Again, predicted by two blokes talking Absolutely. tech and tech guide. And, and I think that we'll see good prices by mid-year because they're, they're not the best prices right now. But I think yeah. by mid-year, we're going to see some really oh, exciting prices. It'll be very oh, yeah. competitive. But I think uh, another important factor in the Ultrabook picture is going to be Windows 8. Yes. Now, when that, if and when that comes out in 2012, I think I'm here in August, September. Yeah. Um, that's been optimised for obviously use with touchscreen devices, tablets, but also touchscreen Ultrabooks if there yep. are some there. Uh, and obviously the speed, it's a, it's a going to be a quite a nimble operating system for your Ultrabook user. Yeah. Fast boot ups, they're the main. Apart from it being thin and light, a 10 second boot is pretty impressive for mm. any computer. Uh, so yeah, be, I think Microsoft are going to play a quite a large part. Yeah. Steve Ballmer, uh, I think, referred to Windows 8 in his his keynote address. 
address here at CES yep. on the eve of the show. Uh, so, yeah, interesting. The Ultrabook in 2012, definitely going to be a product we won't be missing. And uh, you can read all about that and much, much more at techguide.com.au. Now, CES is uh, for you for you being a CES uh, newbie, Trevor. Press Day, I did explain Press Day to you before mm. we came over here. Now, Press Day is the day before CES proper. So yep. before day one of CES, they, had a, they have a whole day of press conferences starting bright and early, 8 a.m., traditionally mm. kicked off by LG. And let's not kid ourselves, people. People <laughs> listening, 8 a.m. doesn't mean you rock up at 8 a.m. You've got to line up for these bloody things. The line was quite long. It's massive. So yes. we, we kicked it off with LG yesterday, which was a good press conference. Now, again, I don't want to be a bit insular here, but it is important that people understand that this is a really structured and rigid thing that goes on here. And LG did a very good job in just rolling out the right people yes. to talk about the right products. They were exactly on time, and, and they did a really good job of making me feel like they had products to announce, and there were yeah, some really cool things. I agree. I think LG were probably one of the better uh, press conferences of, the, of press day. They, you know, We've already spoken about the TVs of theirs, uh, the OLED one millimeter frame on some mm. of their TVs. I quite was impressed by the, uh, the home appliances which are very uh, very big part of their business I think you were quite taken with the blast chiller where yeah, mate, in tell the, in us the about fridge. that that was one of your favourite features but th- that's the thing because you, you, they went through their products you, you saw some great things they've got some amazingly connected smart fridges and all that sort of stuff but one of their fridges has a little little drawer in it where you can put one or two cans of warm drink for example press a button on the front of the fridge tell it whether there's one or two cans there and what it does is it blasts cool air and it also rocks the can and basically it chills it in five minutes or a bottle of wine in eight minutes and that's the kind of stuff that's innovative that's cool stuff that you want to see at ces so that was a big win for me um i think straight after that was was intel and um and i think intel um mooley from intel is an absolute character um, just fantastic bloke to watch present and very passionate about his products and they yeah. did a good job of presenting the Ultrabook thing. Um, there's a, there's an Intel key, keynote on right now. It's, it's probably just finished. Yeah, with Paul Ottolini. Which, there, which we'll talk about tomorrow because my understanding is they made a pretty significant announcement there. Okay. Um, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. But they didn't talk about anything else other than Ultrabook so they yes. really wanted to put the focus well, behind and that. And rightly so. I think mm. that was the right move. But um, that Intel, was that was quite a packed press conference. One of the, one of the busier press conferences of the day. Following that, I think we we saw Netgear, who yep. uh, our good friends at Netgear, who announced some several products where just making the best use of your network in the home, yep. uh, streaming your video in in full HD to different corners of the house. They had a, the, the media, the the router, media storage router. Yeah, was a probably, router and, and NAS. That was combined. a great a great product that they've actually won an innovation award for that already. Yep. So that that's something to watch out for. Following that, what followed that? I think Samsung. I think was that was. A, uh, was I think that's that. when we moved on to Samsung. You went to Samsung. I had to do some other things. Um, so Samsung was yeah. uh, was a pretty Samsung good event again. Samsung was uh, again packed. You, you, the line went you know the mm-hmm. length of the hotel, uh, and again they 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 had the pushing the boundaries theme. Uh, they did talk about their other their white goods, uh, which is huge in Australia as well. Oh like, yeah, like the white goods in the US as well. Um, their wireless uh, connected cameras as well. Uh, we yep. mentioned them briefly earlier. Uh, but I think then following that, well, I think we, we then met up into we went to the Panasonic, Panasonic. press conference, <laughs> which I'll let you kick off, Trevor. Look, um, f- we won't get started about the queues <laughs> and the way they queue here in Vegas, but they could learn a lot from the Chinese, <laughs> I'll say that. What do we call but it, QES by the end QES, of the QES, yes. So yes. The, the problem with the Panasonic uh, press conference was I don't believe there was any announcement made until the very end, which you'll talk about because I'd left by then. 
again. Um, there was there was some discussions about things, but in the end, and that noise, I apologise, people, is, is messages coming through on the iPad. My my sincere apologies. All your fan mail. Uh, fan mail, exactly. It's probably a message from Panasonic saying stop bagging our press conference. <laughs> but they had they had their senior executives out reading a rehearsed script and doing things that just looked so rehearsed. It wasn't yeah, relaxed. It, it wasn't casual. Bit, it looked a bit wooden. It wasn't a flow. They brought out some bloke who I've seen on TV. I couldn't Ed name Begley him. Ed Junior. Or whatever. Yep. Who, who went on about how he used Panasonic, 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 Panasonic solar, solar panels. Solar panels, yeah. Um, I, I mean, he was paid per mention of Panasonic. I Ed think Begley he might have been. Um, so I think he walked out with 20,000. Yeah, I would imagine so. So it, it just, look, it, it didn't inspire me because there wasn't, it didn't feel like there was any great product announcement. They okay. made an announcement that was very American-centric. Can I just cut in for one second? Mm. And you're exactly right. The press conference, let's face it, was lacklustre. Yep. But I looked at their press kit today. Mm. They've got some, they've announced quite a few products. Why didn't That's they talk exactly about them? exactly right. It's a, they didn't to say anything. There's you know, a lot the there. Conference. Exactly. So I, look, I, I think that it was a show for them. Yeah, it was a well, it was a show off. They had select people there that they yes. that they wanted to thank, and they they brought some American Olympians in because they've they've announced a deal with the NBC with 3D in the Olympics. Awesome, exciting things. But mate, I got up and left because you I, were I, gone. I had better things to do. Long, but I understand. Long was out of there. I understand it ended well. It did well. What what saved it? I wrote this on Tech Guide. I said what other saved an otherwise lackluster press conference was the presence of Justin Timberlake. Starstruck. We were, if there were any teenagers in the audience, they would have screamed their if lights out. If they worked out well, I was there, I probably anyway, would have said, who is he? Let's, let's, uh, you know who Justin Timberlake is. <laughs> no, but I, I don't that, think I would have recognised him. Old, I was in Nebraska together with him. So. Anyway, but uh, what, Justin Timberlake was at the Panasonic thing. Uh, to, to explain the uh, context of having Justin Timberlake there, Justin Timberlake is now co-owner of MySpace, mm-hmm. uh, the social network that's really sinking very fast. Sunk, mate. Anyway. It's like a stra- what was that? What was that boat? Um, this one Australia one. Remember the remember the Americans <laughs> came they, they, they were diving off. Yeah, they were diving off. That was the most embarrassing thing ever. That's MySpace. There you go. Well, it's uh, they've announced a new thing with MySpace called MySpace TV. Yeah. Now, it's an app you can download for the Panasonic Viera plasmas or panels, whatever Viera you've got, the smart TV, and you can. Install that and watch programs with your other friends on MySpace, if there are any out there, and you can comment live Mm. during uh, a program or a sporting event, whatever, so it's sort of like the water cooler moment happening live rather than the day after. I think it's an interesting announcement. I need to delve into it more to understand how it's different to the other social TV activities going on. Mm. Um, I think it's just use of a brand and a name to get them through. So look, they did well to recover from that. Just quickly before we move on to other things, Sony did a very good job, I thought, at their press conference. They they actually took us out to their stand, which is a much better way to do it, because you get a sense of how big this thing is. Um, And how big was that 3D screen? Oh my dear Lord. Let me paint the picture. So Howard Stringer came out and he was standing behind, standing in front of a black wall. Okay, painted black wall it was to me. It was like 30 metres wide. With the word Sony painted on it. This is what I thought. And then he said, put your glasses on. The wall changed (laughs) and it was a bloody, it was a TV. It was amazing. It was the most amazing amazing quality um, you know, it was an outdoor kind of, you know, big screen thing that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And I'm told it cost several million dollars. So it's yeah, unbelievable. Well, I think Sony probably made it. but um, uh, They did a good job. They, they ran through all the things they, 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 they're working on. And then and in terms of celebrity factor, yes. drawing on the Justin Timberlake, then they brought out Will Smith, Will and, Smith. And, the, and the director of uh, Men in Black 3 because that's 3. out this year. It's a Sony picture, see? Exactly. So that, that was a big theme that Sony pushed the fact a lot that of loving going on between Will Smith and Howard Stringer. The, was there ever? They, they, they produced the films and the music and yeah, yeah. Will Smith came out with Barry Sonnenfeld, the director uh, and... Jeez, you're they, good with names. They showed, Jeez, you're good with names. <laughs> yes, well, I'm a bit of a movie head as you know. Yeah. But, uh, they, they did show uh, a trailer which was very interesting but I've got to point out though, last year they did the same thing with hmm. uh, the Green Hornet. Oh no. They brought out Seth Rogen actually, the car from, from the Green Hornet 
swung out onto the stage on a turntable and Howard Stringer was there next to Seth Rogen in the front seat. This was last year. Now, obviously, speaking about the movie, it was a few weeks from release and they were talking it up and I went to see it with my son. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. There's another Australia one. Let's hope that they haven't put the Sony CES press conference curse on Men in Black 3 when it comes out in the the American summer. Men in Black's a pretty good franchise and I've seen the promo for that before. I think it's a very, very good uh, good movie. I look forward to seeing it. And then they had Kelly Clarkson as well sing a song, which was wonderful. that was pretty cool. Um, I don't think she's as big a star as they made her out to be, though. But well, to she be won Australian, she won American yeah, I, Idol. I know and she's that, a Sony artist, but I Come don't on, think Trevor. she's as big a star as you know I would have expected. Of course not. But no, she won. She played at the NRL Grand Final. Did you know that? Oh, riveting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, press day was interesting, and, and it was good today to get into the actual event. Um, we'll take a quick break, and we'll talk about our, our key thoughts from day one. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen. And it's all thanks to the good people at Trend Micro, as Stephen mentioned, and Netgear, netgear.com.au. Uh, and we'll talk more in the few months ahead, really, about some of the great products they announced, including some really good advancements to the Netgear Genie, which is the the software that allows you to control your network, including a very cool feature that allows you to kick people off your network <laughs> for good and bad reasons. So I like that. But bottom line with Netgear is they're, they're the company you turn to if you need connectivity in your home or small business, whether you need a new modem or improved modem, whether you need a router that's going to connect more devices in your home. This is one of the key things that we see. We see all this talk about connectivity. Um, that There was some stats put out at some press conference yesterday about the number of connected TVs that were that were in the world and all this kind of stuff. But in the end, there's no proof that every TV sold is actually connected to the internet. And that's where Netgear can help you. If you've got a TV or another device that you want on your network and your network can't cope, netgear.com.au for all the modems and routers you need, netgear.com.au. Now, we're uh, just returned from day one of uh, CES, and uh, we'll obviously talk more as, as each day about what we see yep. uh, day to day. But um, just to give you an idea of how busy this, this show is, mm. I caught the bus here from the Venetian, which is only a short drive from the convention centre. Yep. Now, it took me 40 minutes to get to the convention centre on the bus it's a distance that you could walk in 20 minutes just to give you an idea of the traffic around this thing but anyway day one uh, a lot of, lot of cool things that, to see obviously the things we've mentioned already we, we checked out on the stand one thing that really caught my eye was and this was uh, two companies had this LG and Samsung dual view right. TVs where two people can watch one screen but see two different things now tell me I didn't see this in detail but I remember clearly the Samsung Galaxy S2 launch um, they showed how you could use the, the TV itself and the tuners in the TV and the HDMI inputs to push content to your Galaxy S2. Yes. So is That's it simi- second screen. No. Yeah. So is it similar to that in that you can use the TV to do two things, but it's just using no, the no. one screen? It's one screen, and I could be sitting with one pair of glasses on, or no pairs of glasses on, depending on the prototype that Samsung developing. Uh, and you, you say my wife and I are sitting on the couch at home on, with a dual screen TV. I could be watching South Sydney winning, smashing the roosters or something. What's on TV? Did you buy? <laughs> Jesus! I be- did not see that announcement today. <laughs> no, but the point is that I could be watching what I want. Hang on, so it's not a split screen. No, it takes up the whole screen. One TV. Two people can watch two things on the same TV. So my wife could be with her pair of glasses. She can see her, you know, the Housewives of New Jersey, and I could be with my pair of glasses your watching the that? same TV. Does your wife know that she series is coming that. to Australia? I know. They're going to make don't, a don't r- real Housewives of Eastern Suburbs, and there, there she is, <laughs> Joe, Mrs. Fennick. Joe Fennick, hey? part of it anyway. My wife's in for it if they do a real Housewives of Thorn Lee. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, but so don't I, imitate her. Whatever you do, <laughs> please don't. But anyway, the point is... 
Two people can watch the same screen and watch two different programs. Yeah, I don't believe it'll ever Samsung take Samsung had an OLED TV, which uh, you needed the glasses and headphones so you can watch watch it and that hear would help. your own program. The LG model was mainly based around gaming because it was only one source that you could share. So mm. split screen so gaming. You couldn't watch HDMI on one and no, the tuner on the other. you couldn't watch, say, a Blu-ray movie and free-to-air. Yeah. It's obviously early, early... Uh, device early technology but uh, interesting concept though so rather than having several TVs you can have one and watch two different things on it so at the same um, time so we'll, we'll, we'll do a podcast for the next couple of days just, just to talk about the things that we see so the the thing before we wrap up this the one that I saw today which was interesting because I said to a few people and, and Intel who, who brought me over here I said to them last night I said I'm a bit worried there's actually nothing I'm worried it's a bit boring there's no big announcements mm-hmm. and no fun things well I walked straight in the door into the Intel booth and I saw this very cool augmented reality retail experience so imagine a, a, a stand that's the height of a person and there's a screen in it just a TV screen yep. and it's just showing pictures of products Lego this was in this case and there is your shelves with your Lego products so you pick up your big box of Lego and you take it up and you hold the box up to the television and there's a camera right. now you would have seen this with the Nintendo 3DS you know you yes. use those cards and cards, it makes yeah. a little person pop up you hold the box up in front of this TV and on the screen the Lego is built on top of the box oh, wow. and you can move the box around and see the so Lego from every getting. angle. Really it's clever. bloody brilliant. Isn't that a good Just way Just a really for... simple thing, which won't be in your home, but yeah. I can totally see this But how good is in it the, the retail bri- experience? Bricks and mortar retailers who want to bring customers back That's to the right. store, they're battling online but, you know, competition. Oh. I think Great that solution. I think there's a lot of technology that will help retail like that. I saw one about cars where, where Audi are looking to do stuff with cars and, and so there's a lot of a lot of that retail experience to come um, in terms of the, the, the way technology and computing power is required and that obviously that's why it was at the Intel stand. They're trying to say how good are our chips? We can do this stuff. That's essentially what they're saying. It was very cool and if you haven't seen augmented reality, I recommend you look it up in terms of this this announcement from CES. But um, that there are a couple of quick highlights from us yes. from, from day one. Um, there are two more full days to go. There is a, there is a fourth day, but that's Friday, and let's not get ourselves... Unless, I'll be there. unless I've I'll missed be there. something massive, I'll be, I'll <laughs> oh, be getting yeah. in my Camaro and driving, <laughs> driving back well, I'm to here for, I'm here for till Sunday, so I've got yeah. plenty of time. No, I'm sure you'll see some lovely shows. Um, so we'll, that's, that's our thoughts on day one and, and the lead-up and, and the big announcements. We'll talk again tomorrow from the show floor um, yes, for will. day two, so there'll be another two blokes talking tech or two blokes talking CS uh, tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you to Trend Micro and Netgear for their ongoing support of the great show. And thank you for listening. You can read all of Stephen's thoughts on um, on CS at techguide.com.au and my thoughts and podcast at yourtechlife.com. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Marlon and Stephen.